Now, I didn't do this last month or anything because I didn't really think about it and also the fact that I was working. But, you know, everybody was talking about it. And it is hard to believe that I'm looking at the poster right now. It's been five years. Yeah, time goes by quick, doesn't it? Five years since um, My Little Pony the movie or My Little Pony Friendship is Magic the movie uh, was released in theaters by AllSpark Pictures, now E1. Or at least they st unless they still go by AllSpark Pictures and LionGates. And to say this was actually more successful than I think Hasbro, LionGates, or anybody else expected it to be would be um, underselling, you know, the prominence of the franchise even today. This was an this was an actually you know very good movie. I mean, of course, I did a review on it and all that, and you can check that out here on my channel. Uh, but this, like I said, was an actually was actually a very good movie. Now the only the only complaint anybody ever had with the film, be honestly, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of early. I do apologize. It's about almost seven thirty, because um, I have to get ready for work. But anyway. Uh, the only issue I think anybody had with um, MLP's movie was the fact that it felt like it it felt like continuity wise it took place not between uh, seasons seven and eight or anything like that no it, it felt like it felt like it took place between seasons four and five um, to be more precise that's what it felt like not not seasons seven and eight, you know, basically being that bridging, that bridging gap like Transformers the movie, the 1986 one was for season two to three. This, this felt like more of a bridging gap between, you know, four and five. Even though they had, you know, a starlight in there alongside Trixie, even though some people would say she was added in last minute in the background and stuff. Um, it still felt like, you know, it was written for you know, seasons prior to what it was supposed to take place in between. You know, based off Twilight's nervousness and stuff like that. You know, it just felt like something was off, but outside of that, it didn't deter from the enjoyment of the film. I mean, the fact that you had, from what I understand, sellout crowds or near sellout crowds, you know, opening night, you know, opening Thursday evening before the official opening day, which is the which was October sixth. But to hear that you had, you know, crowds on the evening of October fifth, if you will, at theaters, lined up to see this movie—not just kids, but grown at grown, grown men and women, the Bronies and the Pegasisters. You know that that basically should be a, a sign at that time, and even now that the fandom was very strong and that you could not underestimate any fan base based you know based around if not supporting certain franchises and characters and you know with the attendance the way it was on opening weekend mostly in the evenings and Saturday and the uh, Saturday that followed um, could attest to that it could really attest to that and for me you know of course I was, as I've mentioned before, slowly getting into the fandom, slowly starting to understand it, and starting to get, you know, behind, you know, the, not just the show, but 
behind the characters, starting to find some favorites and all that, like Rarity and Luna, of course, one, one, my first two, both ironically voiced by Tabitha St. Germain. And then, of course, over time, getting behind other characters and starting to see basically why fans were, you know, uh, into the show. And I remember basically, you know, requesting, and I was working at Walmart at the time, requesting about a month or so in advance uh, the 6th of October off. I didn't have to say what it was. I just said it was personal. That's it. And next thing I know, I check my schedule and I'm, you know, for that week and I am off. So what do I do? I get on my phone. I think it wasn't this phone, but it was another phone. If you will, but I get on my phone, and well, I think I actually I get online is what I do first. I actually get on my computer here, and I basically order tickets for the earliest showing, because basically the plan was okay, go to the earliest showing, get on the bus, you know, go to Turlock, and go see the earliest showing, so that way I can make it back in time before my mom got home, and that's what I did. Now, later on, of course, I did reveal to her and my family that I did do this. I did go and see the movie. But for a while, I didn't let her know it because she thought for all she knew, I was working. You know, she thought for all she knew, I was working. So I had to basically make it seem like I was at work. You know, stuff like that. But over time, like I said, I kind of did tell him that I didn't really work that day, and I just went to go see the movie. I didn't specifically say why I wasn't, you know, why I wasn't working. I just made it sound like I didn't work because, again, this was like a couple, several months later or something. Anyway, like I said, I went to see the movie, enjoyed it. Of course, did a video on that as well, my journey to see the movie. And, um, and I even did, uh, even though it's lost now, I did a bit of a out-of-the-theaters a review on it and everything while I was waiting for the bus um, but yeah again this was at a time when I started to really embrace being part of the fandom and all that you know because you know from 2010 up to um, I would say 13 14 or something like that 2013 14 I wasn't too much into the fandom in fact of course I have a video on here that states uh, I'm not a brony in fact, if I type it up, uh, let me see. I think I put it on here, unless I took it off. Uh, unless I took it off or something. But I, I did a video. Yeah, here it is. 2012. 2012. Um, I, I basically did a video on May 10th, 2012, saying that I am not a brony and everything. That I respect, I respected what the series was doing, but that I was not a brony, period. And then I did a video later on, I think about four years later to that exact day, four years to that exact day, believe it or not, um, well, I did a two-parter called Am I Slowly Becoming a Brony? And then... About two weeks later, in 2016, uh, I asked the question, am I now a brony? And then, of course, domino affected from there because, you know, what it was is that, again, 
it was the appeal. It was the appeal of the show and the fan base, you know, that got me to finally, you know, just check it out. And from basically the time I did that video, that original I Am Not a Brony video, till uh, four years later, I was slowly becoming a fan and I started to slowly embrace it uh, and everything to the point that one of the episodes I recorded as part of my yearly traditional holiday specials and movies DVD set was Lunar Eclipse, the Halloween Nightmare Night special. So, you know, the rest was basically history after that. And one of my first figures was a mini Luna Funko figure. That, you know, not the ones with the dark eyes or anything, but the more statuesque collectible ones like... Um, like this one right here. And that's what kind of started the, the trend. In fact, I think... Here it is. This was the first figure I ever got. One of them, anyway. And this was kind of like a sign to me, like, okay, maybe I am becoming part of the fans, part of the fan base. And over time, before I knew it, before I knew it, you know, I was, you know, you know, just supporting the show, supporting the franchise and everything. And to me, I think the reason was mainly because, as I've said before, this is a kind of a generational situation to where you don't see something like this happen every day, you know, or every year. You don't see this, you know, happening. You don't see this kind of phenomenon happening and staying relevant even into the next uh, generation, the next chapter, if you will, of the franchise. You don't see it staying, you know, you know, relevant and as popular as it's ever been. I mean, Silver Quill... Silver Quill did a upload a video uh, just recently where he um, teamed up with Mad Munchkin to promote the fact that both of them are going to be at Pony Cider Fest this weekend. And, you know, that they're going to have Andrea Limbren, Limbren, the voice of Pinky and Fluttershy there, as well as other notable, you know, community guests and stuff. And, again, it shows you how big the fandom still is, even into the new generation. And even though the new generation is kind of like gradually step by step finding its stride with the new series and stuff, you know, again, it's one of those situations to where this phenomenon is once once a very is a once in a generational situation where generations come together, you know, franchise wise, but keep that same generation of fans in, created with the first with the generation previously. If you catch my drift. And that's kind of why, like I said, why I got into it. You know, slowly but surely after that one video. Because even though I said in that original video I respected what it was doing, I was not there yet. I was not at that brony level yet, but progressively I worked my way up to the point that I was like, yeah, I am. And I even did a confession video here on YouTube and Facebook that said, stated that, yeah, I am now. And I think it was one of the first videos I did since moving here to Newman from Patterson that, yeah, I am a brony. And, you know, there's no shame of that. It's just, you know, there's no shame of, the, shame of that because of the fact that I see other people like Dusty Cat, Steel Quill, you know, people of my generation, growing up in the 80s and stuff, that, um, you know, are bronies too. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever because if you find something that you enjoy and appreciate and can you'll see why others like it as well that shouldn't be an issue uh, in my opinion that shouldn't be an issue from you know letting you kind of take part in it see what the fuss is about and maybe you know become part of it yourself if you know what I mean but yeah I had gotten to the point that after making that one video like I said when I confessed that I was a brony I think it may have been around the time I, mo I mo first moved here or I actually it wasn't one of the first videos I did when I moved here it was actually a little before around a little before and after I saw the movie uh, but basically I wouldn't have gone out and did what I did to see the film you know make a journey video and everything buy the tickets in advance if I hadn't come to accept the fact that yeah you know the the yeah the the appreciation respect the change that this franchise has brought upon pop culture you know can't be denied and there is something to it I mean even my oldest my second oldest sister when the show first came out said that she watched a little bit with my um, one of my third oldest nephew when he was young and that they both liked it she even liked it so you know once I heard her say that and then even my niece when she was eating lunch with me and my friend and our uh, and our church friend one day she even kind of admitted that you know it, there's no shame in liking it and that's basically the confirmation I needed both ways to be like yeah maybe maybe there isn't no, no wrong in this and again over time you know, it just grew on me to the point that it started with that Luna figure and went to a Rarity Plush and so on and so forth. And as you've seen in my videos prior, prior I should say, in the past, whether it's my collection videos or my room tours, I have a lot of MLP content now. <laughs> you know, I even have the complete series, season 7 to 1 to 7 officially uh, on DVD as well as I've recorded, you know, seasons 8 and 9 on the DVD uh, as well as dedicated single videos or single DVDs to Best Gift Day Ever, Rainbow Road Trip, um, Equestria Girls, uh, Spring Breakdown, you know, stuff like that. Uh, the, what was it, the, um, I can't think of the special right now, the the one where she reunites with, with Sunset reunites with Celestia, and uh, of course Roller Coaster French. I basically started to really get into, into the, not just the you know, the phenomenon itself of MLP, but the franchise, uh, you know, the franchise that is, but also the collectible part as well. And that's saying, and that is saying something for someone like me that originally thought it wouldn't happen to them, but it did. And again, to look back five years later on the movie's release, I'm reminded of what I did to see the movie. What you know, you know, uh, the the steps I took to to see it on opening day. I'll never forget that. I never will forget that. So I'm just, you know, I'm just excited at the fact that the phenomenon known as MLP is still going strong today. I mean, when you have characters, when you have characters, let me see if I can find her here. When you have characters like freaking Izzy Moonbow reminding people of, you know, Pinkie Pie by her personality and Rarity by her creativity... I think people can safely say that the fan base, or the, well, not the fan, but the show, is in good hands. And when you have a character like this, who I became a fan of instantly because I could see a lot of rarity in her, 
um, as well. You know, when you have a character like her, I think the I think the I think the franchise, the future of the franchise, um, couldn't be in better hands, and that's a fact. That's an absolute fact. And as I try to adjust the stuff here, and I think that's one thing people that still kind of underestimate it, still wonder, okay, why would you, why would grown-ass men and women be fans of this? They have to understand that when a show or franchise of any kind, whether it's aimed originally at younger kids or at the entire family or adults, you know, if they have that, if they have that something about them, that clickness, that total packagedness, if you will, to them, that becomes appealing to just a certain section, but then slowly grows over time then you know then there's nothing really wrong with it because if somebody says you should check it out and they check it out and they're like oh i like this i want to watch more and then they like what they see further on and then they say hey you should check this out to somebody else and as i mentioned before do that domino effect then there's nothing wrong with enjoying something that even though originally meant for a different demographic or audience you know uh, uh, when it first was conceived you know you know, there shouldn't be no shame of it. There shouldn't be no reason for people to look down upon you even to this day about it, in my opinion. I mean, everybody, his thing. Everybody gets down on me about Sonic here, right? About Sonic, tease me about him. But guess what? He is still beloved even by people my age, if not older, that grew up on him. Why? because of the appeal, because of the characters associated with him in all different mediums and versions of his of his franchise. Whether it's Sad AM, whether it's Sonic X, whether it's the games, you name it. Excuse me. Or whether it's the upcoming Sonic Prime, people love the appeal that the character you know brings to the table. Or even if it's the movies. If it's the movies, people like the appeal that it brings to the table along with the characters associated. No matter what age you are, if it's if the appeal works for you and gets you to become a fan and supporter, there's no shame in it. And to me, that's what it did for me over time with MLP. You know, ever since I like I said, did that one video, over time the appeal started to get to me to I finally took a chance to see what you know, all the fuss was and started noticing, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, manliest brony, dusty cat, what the heck? And the guy's about my age, if not older, Silver Quill, same thing. It's like, you know, obviously, it's like something obviously is there that's appealing even to them. And so, again, those kind of elements, you know, they suck me in. And you have Lightning Bliss, who's only like about, I would say, seven, six and a half young, years younger than me. You know, being into it, it's like, Obviously, there's something there. People my generation that grew up in the uh, 80s, throughout the 80s, and or half of the 80s and 90s, there has to be an appeal. So I had to check it out for myself, and it it grabbed me. It grabbed me is what it did, and it ha I haven't let go since, and it hasn't let go of me since, <laughs> you know. And I think that's the I think that's what people like about it. That generational, like I said, that generational, you know. Uh, grab that it has on people to where even if a new spin-off or a new continuation of it you know um, debuts and 
becomes the new face, if you will, of the franchise, that generational pull that it had on you continues on to there, where you can start seeing elements of the original generation influenced with the new one, and along with not just its stories, its settings, but its characters, like an Izzy, like an Izzy Moonbo, like a, a Pit Petals and stuff like that, a Sunny Star Scout, and a Zip Storm and a Hitch. You know, even a Jazz, if you will. So, so yeah, um, again, looking back on this five years later, I'm reminded of how I became a fan and still am a fan uh, to this day, which I'm very proud of. I'm very proud of, and there's no shame in saying that. There's no shame in saying that. But, anyway, though, guys, I just wanted to come on here. I know this video probably went a little longer than it should have, which it did. <laughs> but I just wanted to come on here, give you my thoughts overall. Um, looking back on the movie premiering five years ago and how basically the franchise overall, you know, made me who I am today and why I went and did what I did to go see the movie and still like watching the movie once in a while here and there. I mean, I have the movie twice on Blu-ray. I have it as part of the two-feature collection along with the uh, original 86 MLP movie, you know, because it was released on Blu-ray for the first time. As well as I have the Walmart exclusive with a little cup to it um, as well. But yeah, um, thoroughly, like I said, thoroughly enjoyed it when I first saw it. Still enjoy it. And again, it's a reminder that, you know, just if you, it's a reminder to me and anybody else that just because you think something is not for you doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a chance because you might be surprised that if others your age of your generation are into it, that you might be the same. Um, along the ways and they're not wrong in that they're not wrong in that I mean yes yeah, some of the bronies and pegasuses have gone on to uh, review other stuff but still use their MLP OC uh, vectors that they created uh, when they start when they were reviewing episodes in, in, in MLP related content I mean even Josh Scorcher still does his firebrand character with TF2 analysis and I think still does it occasionally for collab reviews and stuff. So does Ari. Aramount, she does still uses hers. Um, so they're not gone from the fandom. Or I think G5 right now is just not the cup of tea. But I think if, over time they give it a chance, it, it just might be. But anyway, though, guys, just wanted to come on here, celebrate five years of the MLP movie. Like I said, kind of reminisce on how I became a fan and what got me to do what I did to see the movie and everything. And that's all I really want to say. So until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later. Live chat during the premiere. Like the video. Chat below. Uh, comments will be open down below after the premiere. Also, check me out at Venmo at Brian-Warmer-2. Cash up at BWRoses98. Uh, support me there financially right away. Also, at Patreon.com. So that's BWRoses with a $1, $3 tier. And potentially a $5 Q&A tier. I'm still working on that. Also, check me out at my Teespring store for merchandise you can't get anywhere.